0: What's up everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Sunday Lee Screamers Podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my one co-host, Vito Anazelli. Mike's taking a short break with us this week. He is actually traveling across the entire country from DC to LA. Uh, he's moving out to the West Coast, so he'll be back with us next week. Uh, before we get started, please take a moment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also give us a follow on Twitter
1: at the SL Screamers underscore pod. Vito, welcome back, my dude. How are you feeling? Dude, so good, man. I am, I am over the moon the fact that, that that Premier League's back and all the other leagues are about to follow. So I'm just sitting here craving more and more football. So I'm ready, ready to go, ready to talk about the first week of the Premier League.
0: I know we actually had the earliest start ever. I think because the uh,
1: with the World Cup in the winter, I think they
0: started like two weeks earlier than usual. So we had a little head start this week uh, this year. Hey, I'm not complaining. Same here, same here. Well, yeah, let's just jump right into news and notes uh, from the Premier League, man. First off, the Chelsea Exodus seems to be occurring already. Timo is back at Leipzig, um, laying Sarban on loan to Monaco. Plenty of fringe players over there. There's, if I'm not mistaken, they probably are gonna have the most turnover uh, or incomings and outgoings of any team in the Premier League. New, new owners, new business. What's your what's your feeling? What's your take on there?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, obviously, anytime you get a new owner or you get a new type of management in place or new you know, sporting director, et cetera, you're going to have a lot of changes coming through. I think Chelsea is no exception to that. It's it's one of those situations where you're talking about a club who's historically had a high turnover rate of, of players. Um, more often than not, players coming in and not performing and going out. But um, it, it seems like this isn't it's gonna not going to stop. It's going to keep moving. Um, I'm not surprised to hear about Timo. I'm not surprised to hear about Malang Sar, And we'll get to it uh, right up next. So I'll just lead into it now, if that's cool with you. Is, is Christian Pulisic as well? And and kind of the. Big um, news coming out today, man. Yeah, yeah. I, for anyone who hasn't heard, there's reports coming out that Thomas Tuchel apparently doesn't trust Christian Pulisic, which I have to say, from my perspective, is not unfounded. Uh, we've talked about how good he is, but at the same time, his, his, his lack of consistency. Um, Newcastle is one of the teams on the radar right now for him. They apparently contacted Chelsea and asked him to keep uh, keep in contact with um, any outgoing forward players. So we'll see what happens with Christian. We know Thomas Tuchel and, and his rapport at Dortmund. He was the one who gave him his, his star basically, you know, so um, it'll be interesting to see what moves forward. I don't think Christian is the type of player that's going to take that lying and want to move to a club like Newcastle. No offense to Newcastle. Of course, I love that club. But, um, we'll see what happens in the coming. Don't yeah, the shut weeks. Up. What's that? You have no bearing for a shout out.
0: Um, dude, it, it's a weird one for me, right? We Christian, like, obviously, I, I, we're gonna be biased, right? We're United States men's national team fans, um, so we're gonna come from that perspective. But watching the entire first game for them, I mean, we're also Chelsea fans, so it's a weird concept for us in this one, but watching that entire first game. Besides Sterling, said when he came on, was the only dude on that team that made driving runs to advance the ball from the midfield to the attack, uh, like the other 18. Am I, am I wrong on that aspect? Or?
1: No, I, I think you're 100% right. Um, watching that match, watching uh, Sterling, who, who, in my opinion, had a, a great debut for them, um, there were various times where I saw both Christian Pulisic and Raheem Sterling pick the ball up and, and try to drive it a defense only to get caught by three players with no outlet pass because the audience no. is not in sync for that. Yeah. And it's, it's been the Chelsea Achilles heel, obviously. I mean, it was, it's no secret to that. If you, if that was a Liverpool team, a Manchester, a Manchester city team, a Real Madrid team, there would always be support up there. Right. They'd always be looking to press the back line and Chelsea's not built for that. We, we know that. Um, so it, it is a little disappointing that they're being, their performances are being based off of that because it's not a team built around that type of, that type of football, to be frank.
0: It, it, it's it, yeah. It's just strange to me. Like, and we're, you have guys like count Hudson and enjoy ZH who I'm not saying maybe pool stick is on the, I maybe mean, probably like even level with ZH, but definitely better than uh Calum Hudson. Like, no, like, that's not even a question. Why is he the one being forced out? Like, how is he the one not getting played? Like, Tuchel's cool saying I don't trust him. Like you gave him a startup, You think you want to stay with players that you're comfortable with. It's not like he hasn't performed when he's on the field. I, it just... Am I biased? It like, it doesn't make sense in my head.
1: No, I I, I get what you're saying, but I, at the same time, um, you know, reports are coming out that Calamonte has requested a loan move to Dortmund. He hasn't been in the minutes. Hakim Ziyech might be on, on his way out the door to either AC Milan or Inter Milan, or you know, even Roma. Who knows at this point? But. So from that perspective, I think that a lot of these fringe players that we know have the talent but aren't getting the minutes and aren't getting the consistency are looking for the door. So I'm not surprised to hear that Christian's also one of those people. Um, I think it is very disappointing. I I think personally for me, I don't want to get too far into this because we have a lot to talk about today, obviously, with the first week of the Premier League. But for me, a lot of the problem with these attacking players in, in Callum and in Christian and in Ziyech is – more so, the formation that Thomas Tuchel was elected to play in a three-back system, because a lot of this team is built to play in a four-back system, maybe a four-two-three-one with the wingers and a, a number nine. That'd be a perfect average. formation for this team. Perfect. Exactly. I, I don't think the three-four-three three is what suits these players, um, because a lot, it's a lot built on the wing-back positions in, in Choel and Reese James. So, I think it's it's detrimental to their growth, and I think it's detrimental to their output, and I think that's a lot of the reason why they're being viewed the way they are.
0: Yeah, I like honestly, I, I do want to see him go because I think he deserves a move. And first, like one, first off, first team football, and then two, I think he just performed better somewhere else. Like I think it's just an unfortunate circumstance. I, I think he could perform for a club like Chelsea at that top tier. It's just he he's never had like the right system around him. So agreed. Regardless, moving on, uh, some other transfer news in the Premier League, some big names. Uh, Maxwell Cornette, he went uh, left Burnley, went to uh, West Ham for twenty three mil. I think it's an excellent move for them. I think it's also on the cheap, to be honest with you. I think he's worth a hell of a lot more, in, my, in person, just in my opinion, uh, from the output that he put out last year. Burnley was not attacking club by any means um, until maybe after Deitch left. But this guy still managed to put up incredible numbers um, from pretty much a left-back position.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I, that's a fantastic move for them. Um, they they have been not quiet, but relatively quiet in the transfer market so far in the summer, in the summer year in the summer timeframe, excuse me. Um, And Cornette is, is going to be a bona fide star. I'm I'm sorry. The guy has way too much just pure raw talent not to thrive. And I think a club like West Ham is going to suit him fantastically. I mean, you have players that can play in the left, the left back position for, for West Ham. Right. But I think no matter who you're talking about, Maxwell Cornette has to be viewed not only as an absolute competition, but potential upgrade for that team. I think it adds a completely new attacking option to that offense. And I think it's going to free up a lot of the wingers in in their space up front. And I think it's exactly what they needed.
0: Honestly, dude, I'd probably even keep Cresswell left back and move Cornet uh to uh like left mid. There's no reason not to. He keeps it up and down the field.
1: Yeah, I think it just depends on what what David Moyes ends up wanting to do with that back line, right? Uh we've seen some times that he likes to switch, not necessarily to exclusively a back three, but he likes to get those wingbacks up the field a little bit. And in that sense, having players like Cresswell and Cornet up together, like that wide position seems a little detrimental a lot of times, but even so, I mean, that, that is an incredible pickup. And someone that has flown under the radar, I don't, from my opinion, at least I'm curious to hear what you think. That's a player for me that has flown under the radar for this entire transfer summer. I thought he was someone that, that a lot of teams should have been looking at and no one did until West Ham came and snaps him up. Given his performance all of last
0: season, yes, I, w- I would have thought after the relegation that he would have been one of the first guys off the uh, off the club off, off, from Burnley. So I completely, agree. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm actually, sh- I'm shocked by the number. I I think twenty mil- twenty three mil is actually extremely cheap for him, given some other names um, yes. we've seen tra- transferred over. So um, Connor Cody on loan to Everton, beautiful Good move for them. They got him and Tarkowski. I mean. You're you're solidifying one of the weakest spots on the team at center back. And listen, we watched them in their opening game against Chelsea. They didn't play that bad. They were in majority of that game. I thought Chelsea actually played really, really crappy. Um, and should have put that game away, but they didn't. And Everton hung around. Granted, listen, they they still lost it, they didn't grab any points from it. But um, if you're gonna go up against a top four team like that and putting your performance and now you're just adding strength to the defense, um, I think it's a good signing.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Ben Godfrey's, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, he went down inside the opening 10, 15 minutes of the first match of the season against Chelsea. And um, I forgot about Yeah, I forgot about that. They just lost, yeah, they lost him, too. I'm yeah, he broke his leg. He's going to be out for at the minimum of three months. So picking up a, a seasoned veteran in the Premier League, Connor Cody, is absolutely fantastic for them. Um, looking at Everton's bench, there's not a lot of players you could have brought in to fill a gap that Ben Godfrey's fills. And Connor Cody can do that for them almost immediately. So I think it's a fantastic piece of business. I think Everton's. I mean, it's the first game of the season, right? I know, you, Steve. I know you had them as your <laughs> your uh, downfall of the season, but I got to say, regardless of how bad Chelsea played, I thought Everton looked a lot better than a lot of people would have anticipated them looking at this at the first match of the season. So to go out and know immediately that you need to bolster is a good decision, and I think he's going to be great for them. They they looked more put together than they did last than a large majority of last season.
0: I'll give them that. They just um, looked like again. they were
1: definitely more in sync, to me. Like last year, it seemed like a lot of individualistic play, not knowing where their teammates were on the pitch. But this year, this first game at least, excuse me, it just seemed like they were much more in tune where where they needed to be and in the play style. So credit to Frank for that start. Yeah, it's a
0: good move. Oh, we'll see what happens with them. I mean, they just signed McNeil too. It could be, maybe they're on the up and up. Who knows. Um, I hope not because i want a prediction right, but <laughs> selfishly. Um, another piece of business, Mikel Damsgaard to Brentford for 17 mil. Uh, for those that don't remember, he was, uh, when Ericsson had his heart attack over in the Euros, Damsgaard came in, filled in that center attacking role for for Denmark. And to my knowledge, or from what I remember, absolutely murdered it during the Euros. He was like basically a talisman. So it's I'm not saying he's taking that position from him anytime soon, but for 17 million, to go to Brentford to basically replace Christian Erickson in the exact same role. Again, phenomenal piece of business. I feel like a lot of teams made some good moves this week.
1: Yeah, that that's a, that's a really good move. Uh, two goals, had a great great Euros. Obviously, his uh, for anyone who doesn't know, um, he had a little bit of a lackluster uh, year in A over there. He was injured for most of the year. I think he only played about 11 games or so. But when he when he did play, he was very pivotal to that team. And I think he, he is a good signing. For a team like Brentford that doesn't promote youth players, as, as we've talked about in the past, their, their entire philosophy is built on buying players. Academy system doesn't work. Um, I think he's a good pickup for them. I think he's going to slide in very nicely. And at the very minimum, he's going to provide a nice amount of cover for, for a long, long Premier League season.
0: Yeah, I agree. And our last transfers want to cover real quick, real quick. Uh, Diep over to full in for 20 mil. Another great sign. Listen, when you get new to promoted to the Premier League, defense is one of the first things. If you can stop goals from coming in, that's usually why the team typically go back down. So, um, listen, you throw him in there. You got Ream uh, Jetty in the back over there. I They – and a nice, you know, opening day draw we'll get to with Liverpool. So, they're only getting stronger.
1: Yeah, dude. I, I got to be honest. In, in all of the things that we've talked about today, so far at least, I think this one for me has to be one of the – best pieces of business he's a d up one year to run his contract at west Ham. that's why they let him that's why they let him go they got him for very cheap in fulham and already very strong back line last year in the championship for fulham with anthony robinson a couple of americans that we know and i think he's gonna he's he's gonna be an instant impact player proven permanently player gets minutes and for anyone who plays fifa ultimate team we all know he got a euro <laughs> he got a card to the finals last year that was pretty good to start with so um, I'm looking forward to East of the, uh, in the back line or full of. Them. I like, I like that. that's it. That's how you, you judge his transfer. <laughs> I bought him and I sold him for double. It was worth
0: it. He's <laughs> got good memories of this man. So, uh, he's a little biased. <laughs> well, speaking of a few Americans, um, let's cover the ones that did amazing in their past week, especially in the opening round of the Premier league. Let's head over to our stars of stripe section. First two names off the list. Gotta gotta start with them. Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams for leads. Both nearly played the whole game. Aronson, 85 minutes. Tyler Adams 90. Uh Aaronson, three recoveries, four dribbles, Do constant pressure. This guy was all over the field. Got the game winner taken away on the stat sheet, unfortunately. It depends what camera you look at. I think the permanent wrong, but it's okay. He, I think he scored regardless. Um, he also had the tackle leading up to the first goal. So he stole the ball in the box, um, got deflected, went to Rod- uh, Rodrigo, and he, he netted it as well. Somehow foot mob, like this is typically where we get our stats from, rated him as a 6.3. That is absolutely criminal. Um, he was voted the leads from the Leeds account with every man of the match. Yeah. he was insane. He was absolutely, he was absolutely dirty. It was everything we thought he would be going in the leads. He fit the system, the personality, the position, everything was spot on. I'm, like, beaming with, like, happiness. I love this guy. Um, Tyler Adams, 90 minutes played, 85% passing, eight recoveries, two clearances, one interception, and also ran the second most uh, in week one. I think he was just behind uh, Odegaard over at Arsenal. Dude, great signings. As of right now, week one. But great signings.
1: Look, these these are two of the reasons that I, I said that Leeds were going to be the surprise for this season, regardless of where they finished last year. I think these two guys are a pivotal role in where they're going to finish this year. They came in instant impact. Tyler Adams is going to shore up that back, not back line, but that that deep-lying midfield role a little bit. And obviously, we see that, like you said, ran the second most in week one. Eight recoveries, two clearances. Obviously, Brendan Aronson, instant impact, regardless of the fact that it ended up as an own goal. These guys are here to play. They're here to give everything they have, and they're quality players. They're young. They're hungry. They know the manager. And I'm telling you right now, this is not going to be the last time we talk about them this year. They're going to be a thorn in everyone's side in the Premier League. And I think they're going to be two of the most key players for Leeds to propel them up the table to get them to that that maybe conference league spot, if possible. I, I I'm with you, dude. I have them as a top half team. Um, I really think I I could
0: easily see them grabbing that tenth spot at the minimum. Um, I'm really I'm really big on Leeds this year as well, and it's not just because of that like just specifically because of the American impact that we have over there, Jesse Marsh and these two guys. But there were the, just the first game alone reminded me so much of their opening campaign when they came up with Bielsa. Yeah. Just a lot more stable defensively. Help, Much more stable. And that's the key. And I think Tyler Adams is a big portion of that. It is possible. It is definitely possible. Uh moving on, Jordan P Folk, 78 minutes played, one goal, two chances created, and one nine out of fifteen aerial duels in his I think it was their first game over in the Bundesliga. League. It might be second. Yes. Did they start last week? No, one. Was it was their first game of the year? Okay. Yes. Um and also for those that didn't see though, especially on Twitter, he was trending for a little while. He had an absolute absurd like over the head scissor kick, I don't know what you want to call it over in the German cup uh, this past week. Dirty. Absolutely dirty from a ridiculous angle. Um I love it. He's making he makes the move to Germany, is scoring. Pepe made the move last season. Mm. Did not score. That was quite a few games. Yeah. P folks obviously, obviously more experienced. He's been playing in Europe for a little while. Pepe's a teenager, just moved over there. I this is something you expect. I'm not saying I throw him under the bus by any means, but agreed. with how quick he's made an impact already with, with uh, Union, he's got to be the go-to striker, at least as of right now on the depth chart for United States coming into the World Cup. Agree, disagree?
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, anytime you make a move, you obviously want to get off the mark as quickly as possible as a striker for your confidence. And uh, people, we, how many times we see people do that in the previous season? Um Great, great match by him. So much more to come. I think that you have to look at him and and if you're, I mean, I hope at least I hope Greg's sitting there going, okay, P-Folk is number one or two on my striker list at this point when I'm thinking about the World Cup, Um, at least for the time being, right? Obviously he can change, but yeah, he comes in 78 minutes, scores a goal and creates two chances. I mean, what else do you want from a brand new signing, adapting to a new league? This, This is it. This is what he brought him in for and he's doing it right off the bat. Um, he's obviously seasoned, and uh, Bundesliga, I think, is a great place for him to continue developing.
0: Mm, I agree. Um, but you're right, he probably a second on depth chart, because first on okay. depth charts, this next name, Joshi Zardes, after he yeah. just scored a hat trick in a 4-3 win uh, in the <laughs> over Minnesota. So uh, we know how Greg loves his, uh, his Joshi Zardes. And, uh, you know, he just got up that depth chart real quick after this, after this performance.
1: Yeah, Jesse's artist. Oh my God, please score a hat trick for the United States, please, just once, just once. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, no, I I, yeah. I just I just wanted to throw that name in there. Just it, listen, you gotta give you know props. The man scored a hat trick. Um, but yes, I do I think I think he's outside of the uh, international stage for pretty much the rest of his career, at least in the comp
1: and, uh big competitions. Well, maybe, maybe Everton needs to sign them because they lost to Minnesota four zero, So. Ooh, good call. Good call. I don't know. Frankie, you paying attention? Everybody listening.
0: Uh last thing I want to cover real quick in the United States. Malik Tillman. Dude looks legit for Rangers. This man also has some bunnies in him, dude. Scored the last goal in a 3-0 win that sends leads to the last round of the uh Champions League qualifications. Did you see the, Did you see the header or no? I didn't see the header. So it was, a deep, it was a deep cross from outside the box. Um, he's run to it. Keeper comes out. Keeper's like at full stretch. I mean, he didn't get that high off the ground. He'd be like eight inches at most a foot. But like, let's just say let's just say six inches. He gets off the ground. Keeper's like six one, six two. Full arm extension over his head. You're talking like eight feet in the air. Emily goes and skies over him
1: for the header for the game winner. Yep, bunnies. Dude, I'll I'll take it. I I don't. I'm curious what you think. Um... I don't know if he's gonna make the squad at the end of the day. Um, what that is, Hold on now.
0: You think so? If he doesn't, it's criminal. It's criminal if he doesn't. If he's performing anywhere near this level uh, for Rangers, it's absolutely criminal. You need. I feel like every World Cup squad, at a minimum, brings one youth kid like this. In this situation, exactly how he's performing right now, every single like every single. Um, Four years. I feel like every 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 team does it. You have to break in one guy like that just to have the experience for the next the next four years down the road. Um yeah. We saw it the last time the United States was in the World Cup, Julian Green, throwback name right there. Um, and that's a goal in the uh the knockout round against Belgium. So granted it didn't work out for Julian. Uh, career. But um, you know, listen, I'm just saying it, it's
1: not unheard of it's it's written right in front of us there's no reason for him not to be there on I'm, I'm glad he, I'm I'll tell you what I'm glad he made the switch I'm glad he's over here with us um clearly a talent for the future maybe I mean he's so young I mean like we we talk about Christian Pulisic and or, uh, uh Reyna as as often as we can you know um but he's not that far off in terms of ability and in terms of age and he's gonna be part of that generation like 2026 expect his name to be one of the first names on the team sheet the way it's going
0: Dude, this this World Cup's hard enough to pick a starting eleven. I can't even wait till 2026. It is gonna look <laughs> really
1: cool. It's gonna be fun. I wouldn't, even,
0: I wouldn't even want the job. Wouldn't want the job. That's that's you're gonna piss a lot of people off. <laughs> a lot of it. But all right, let's head over. It's weekly recap time. We really need like a drop on this podcast. Maybe like when I like say like one of the uh categories, just <laughs> <laughs> us go back from a festival. I'll go pre-record it. There we go. Um all right, just start right from the top. Ready? Crystal Palace nil, Arsenal two. Opening opening uh, Premier League fixture. Anything you really want to cover in that one? I mean, it was pretty clear. I mean, I wouldn't say it's clear, right? Crystal Palace survived the early onslaught by Arsenal. Afterwards, you know, they got the goal, kind of coasted a little bit, but Crystal Palace fought back. That was admirable. Definitely should have had a penalty. Don't know how they didn't. Um, it could have definitely changed the outcome of the game a little bit. So, I don't know. Good for Arsenal. Listen, they they went out. They, they bought new players. go right away gets the assist on the one corner. It's looking good.
1: Yeah, no, I I think, uh, regardless of the scoreline, I think both teams will be happy with the performance they both put in. Obviously, that, that last Arsenal goal to make the scoreline 2-0 and obviously send it to maybe a little bit more. Like, oh, Arsenal Arsenal crush it, you know, the, the own goal, but guys, Saku started. Um, I think they'll both be happy with the performance they put in. For me, one of the biggest pieces of that match was the miss by by Crystal Palace. Um, I, I can't remember who, who took it, but it was one-on-one when the game was 1-0. It was in the first half and it was one on one with the keeper in Ramsdale and instead of lifting it over him he shot it go through his legs and it was saved and that could have been a pivotal moment for Palace so um for it's not Zaha back in No it was it wasn't Zaha it was oh my God, I forget I forget, the, I forget his name he's on my fantasy team too shit um but that obviously didn't work out but you know when you're Palace and and you need to put those chances away you're you're not going to get a ton of clear-cut chances against a team like Arsenal, a team like Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool. And that is obviously worrying to start the season, but there's a long, long way to go. And I think they'll turn it around. It was a good performance overall.
0: Yeah, I feel you. Uh, Speaking of fancy, shout out to Neil, actually. Uh, yeah, how do you feel at the bottom of the table, bro?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't have more points to me now.
1: Actually, there was one thing I wanted to bring up. On, on your page. Uh, what did you make of Gabriel Jesus' debut? I thought that it was opening fantastic. ten minutes. I don't know how he didn't have a goal. Yes, I thought he was. I thought he was electric. His movement was was top top shelf. He was finding space on either side of the post or inside the post when he can inside the box. He was connecting the play extremely well. It looked like a lot of what he was trying to do at City, but he's getting more opportunities because the ball is being now fed into him instead of City just playing this unbelievable fluid style around the defense. You know what I mean? And I he think, was looking to get on the ball a lot more.
0: Whereas at City, you're you're right. Like the wingers and midfielders take care of pretty much all of that and then just feed the striker, which I, that's yeah. why I think also Holland's going to have about 40 goals this year. I, he dude, he really um, looks the part. He looks the part. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get to yeah, we'll get to that one, but he's he's legit. And uh yeah. But um, yeah, no, I thought just looked really well actually. And, and he fits perfectly into that squad. So moving on, probably the honestly, in my opinion, probably the biggest shoppers all the weekend. Uh full and two, Liverpool too, and they almost could have even taken all three points here. Um, Amitrovic Brace, shocking. I mean, we we discussed that I think uh right before the Premier League season started that they were gonna go as far as he took them, and I think he can take them pretty damn far.
1: Yeah, I mean definitely. I mean you're talking about the top score. I think he was the top score in the league last year. Honestly. Dude, like like goals. You. Yeah, something absurd something, something absurd. Um, yeah, something absolutely nuts. Um look. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to overinflate this, right? You got a team where one of your top two or three players in Sadio Mane leaves, and it's obviously it takes some adjustment period. Regardless of the fact that you're Liverpool and you're playing against a team that needs to prove something in Fulham when they come up, so f- fair play to Fulham and fair play to Liverpool for continuously fighting back, and they almost nabbed the winner at the end. Jordan Milner um, right the, off, uh, off the crossbar, so yeah. that we could be having a completely different conversation now if that was you know eight inches or nine inches to the south. That's what she said. What, like eight. <laughs> <laughs> but like it? But you, you uh, could have just skipped over it, man. But you <laughs> have to have to it I was going to keep going, but you started laughing. left. Um, I was going to let it slide. I was letting it slide. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, um, look, there, there are going to be so many people overreacting to this result because I think you're right outside of the Man United result, which we'll get to later. This is definitely the shock of the weekend. Um, but I think Fulham came into this contest under undervalued and underrated to begin with. They tore it up last year in the championship. And I, I, I had already said last week or the week prior that I thought that they would be the dark horses for finishing maybe like 15th or 14th or maybe even 13th. So maybe this is good value for me, (laughs) but, but, um, I don't think this is necessarily an overreaction yet. I don't think, you know, it's it's week one, it's Liverpool. We know they're going to pick up points. Um, I think they just need to clean it up a little bit and, and figure out where they're going. One Van Dyke penalty, which is not very common, uh, pretty much made the difference at this point.
0: No, absolutely. It's just this is I mean, listen, we saw how close the title was last year. It was they were fifteen minutes away from winning yeah. it. It was based off one point. You just dropped two against a newly promoted team. That could be the difference. You're right, it could be. So yeah, yes, don't don't take into account it's the first game of the season. I 100% agree, but we've seen such close title races in the past that this that's the type of game that can actually bite you in the ass at the end of the season. And it's it's crazy to say that in week one, but two points right there. If that was last year, they win the title. Agreed. So, um, but listen, you guys scored uh, solid, scored shocking.
1: they that, will figure it uh, out. That, that Diaz, a Diaz. Jesus Christ, that Nunez back heel, though, that was spicy. What a way to open your account. Looks good. It looks good. Uh, heading over
0: to Bournemouth to Aston Villa nil. I think we all took Villa actually last week, and then yeah. right at the end of the podcast, we we're looking for more upsets. We actually came back to this game. And we like looked at it and we're like, you know what? Opening day at home, Bournemouth has a, a very good chance to sweeten this one out, and it did. Dalton, um, this one? Kind of disappointing result for Villa, especially with all the signings they made the last two summers. Honestly,
1: yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, definitely disappointing for Villa. I, I think we're we're talking about two similar predicaments with that Liverpool full on game and now this, right? You you have to go away to a promoted side a year to prove something, and and they came in and they just they just absolutely crushed it. Um, I I mean they they outplayed Aston Villa for for good portions of that match too. I I think the score line reflects exactly how that match should have went given the way that both teams have played. So um, Villa will obviously be disappointed in the result, but I don't think, again, this, it's too much too much to harp on. I think it's an early blip, early early weak legs, and I think they're going to bounce back no problem. My thought is whether or not Bournemouth is going to end up being maybe one of the sides that we saw from last year, um, where Brentford and Brighton came out hot, extremely hot, didn't expect to get the results that they did, and they did. And then... Eight, nine, ten games in, everything just started to fall apart, and they wrote off those early points. So, Burman's hope has to be that they're able to put together a couple consecutive performances to to negate exactly what happened to teams like Brentford and, yeah. and last year. Yeah, those
0: relegation candidates, man, when you, when you can get off to a hot start and, and like you said, just ride that wave of points, that, it opens up a hell of a lot for you down the end of the season. So much. Yeah. Um leads two, Wolves one. We already pretty much discussed most of that. Um pretty I honestly thought it was a very even game back and forth uh for the most part, but mm. yeah, Leeds Leeds got the winner. Um courtesy of Brandon Nelson, I'm still gonna give him credit for that goal. Yeah, that's a tough game to start on. <laughs> Newcastle two, not forest nil. Um I mean we pretty much all, all agree Notten Forest. We thought it was the weakest team coming up. And uh Newcastle obviously the end of last season, how they ended, I think they were like if you took their, their place from January all the way to the end of the season. They came in fourth in terms of points. So, um, this seemed like a pretty expected outcome. And uh, I'm not. It, yeah. Yeah. They not much to say. You're
1: an absolute fucking. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> an absolute cracker to to start off the scoring for Newcastle. Um, they're here to make a mark this season, obviously. And, and they're all well, feisty there, Vito. A well, little aggressive on Newcastle. Yeah, a little aggressive on team Newcastle team. right now. They might
0: be your favorite team. I don't know. First <laughs> um, four. Southampton won. The only thing shocking was I don't think Harry Kane actually scored a goal in this one.
1: Well, it is August. So <laughs> you have to put that in perspective. But I mean, Kulusevski. I mean, he he ran the show. He was he was all over the field, picking up the ball in, in tight areas and deep areas and driving it forward and creating opportunities. He was absolutely fantastic and every worth, every bit worth of the money that they spent for him. Um, I mean, Spurs went down one 0 early, which was Very James yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. No shit, James Ward-Prowse. Thank God he's on my fantasy team, of course. But um, no, I, dude, this, this for me, this result was the statement of the week. I don't care that Holland scored two goals. I don't care that it was a two-two draw with Liverpool. Right, Spurs. We talked about being that dark horse, that that number three team that could even potentially maybe push for number two if they get this card right. Antonio Conte's at the helm. And they come out and they put a four spot up in a dazzling display display and a comeback display. I I think this was a statement match for them. And this seems like a very different Tottenham team over the years than over the years. I'm with you.
0: Uh, I, I feel like we have too much similar minds. We got to agree a little bit diversity. <laughs> but not, dude, everything's sort a spot on. All right, cool. zeski awesome signing. We all kind of saw it. I think, again, speaking of fantasy, I think he's on the majority of our league. We have like an 18 league for everyone. Uh, it's not where I don't think we brought it up before. But um he's probably on most of our team or all, all our spots. He was starting for me, I know that. Uh, okay. yeah, i yeah, well, that much. <laughs> so. so yeah, uh statement game definitely at the top of the table after week one, um right above Arsenal. So that's gotta feel pretty damn good again. I listen, I expect that result I'm gonna say expect a four one result. I expect three points out of them in this kind of situation. Um but after yes, like you said, giving up that opening goal. That could have easily went the other way. And they it turnaround. So yeah, props to them. Uh the last game on Saturday, Everton nil, Chelsea one. Kind of already discussed that a little bit. Chelsea really didn't look that great. Um, Everton looked better. Uh they did last season. I do not say better than Chelsea exactly by any means, but yeah. I I mean I think not a their result, but not saying Everton didn't have the chances.
1: Yeah, not not a huge amount to discuss here. I mean, Chelsea did not look good. Effort didn't look better than we expected them to look. Um, I still think that the result. Favored the team that had more quality in the field, but it's definitely worrying signs for for Chelsea moving forward, and it's good signs for Everton moving forward, right? Uh, especially with the signing of Connor Cody, um, I think they'll they'll be a little lackluster toward the end of the season with the lack of depth that they have. But um, I think Everton, perspective from the fan's perspective, will be happy with what they saw put into that match. There was a lot of there are a lot of opportunities that anyone else but Tiago Silva or Kyle De in defense would not have cut out that would have been a clear cut scoring chance and they probably should have had a goal or two. So I think they cleaned that that's up. That's going to be Chelsea's saving grace this year.
0: Yeah. Without that center back pairing. There's not yes. any question in my mind, they're going to stop. They're going to save them a lot of draws and turn them into three points. And that's if, chance. if Chelsea
1: finish in the top four, it's because of them. 100%. Um,
0: but speaking of top four, if you told me right now, which ones are in it's, tar- it's Tottenham and arsenal.
1: Well, not, doubt. not, not a hesitation in my mind now. I, I said the opposite last week. I know I, I said Chelsea, but I, I watched when I mean, you watch the first game of the season there, that tells a lot compared to preseason. And we watched
0: exactly what we were worried about Chelsea ball. fans.
1: Yeah. So uh, heading over to Sunday games,
0: Leicester 2, Brentford 2. I Actually, has a decent amount to unpack in this one. First off, hats off to Brentford on the comeback. They were down 2-0. They came back be able to get a point from that one with an unbelievable strike for their second goal. Um, Leicester hasn't changed, so that's one worry. two, Instead of changing from game to game, they change in halves. It went from Jekyll and Hyde to, from, in a two-game span to a one-game span. they, they <laughs> I did the first, half, and I looked shat in the second. Yeah. They just, just sped it up a little bit. I, dude, I'm worried about them, and I'm not just I. I, I was worried about them preseason. I'm worried about them after this first game. I yeah. said they were going to be the everything of last season, or the everything of last season this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 it just feels like we're we're writing over the same words week in week out and year over year over now with less over the last couple of seasons right like we know their inconsistency right but there's a lot more quality in the field two years ago than there is now and especially if you consider the fact that wesley Fofana may be leaving the club for 70 80 million pound chelsea and james, james madison not. might be out they're getting posted. madison might be out um so there's there's definitely a lot a lot of question marks over that team right now um Look, I don't I don't care who's playing. I don't care what teams are playing. If you go up 2-0 into halftime, you need to come out of there with a win at that point. And they came out very flat footed, very lackluster, very, very uneager to go and secure the points with one more goal. And, and Brentford made him pay. I don't correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Brentford even scored their first goal until almost the 70th minute.
0: Or something. It was the 60 second with Tony. Um Lester only won in one 0 at halftime. They just scored their a Yeah. But like they, they, they scored in the forty like the first minute of, of the second half. So yes. basically two.
1: Thank three. you. Yes. Um, yeah. But still it, it's still it, you don't go up two zero with that momentum and then and then draw two two to a team that in Brentford basically didn't pick up points in the second half of the last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, granted the Sylvan, they had a superb strike I'm not gonna take anything away from that. It was it was a very nice effort. Um, especially with like only four or five minutes to go in the game. So Lester's still gonna have pulled all three points off it wasn't for a little bit of magic in that sense, but um I I'm encouraged by the signs of Brentford. You don't want to go down that early that quickly, but they could have folded and for the position that we kind of saw them in or we we foresee them coming into the season in, in the relegation scrap. That's the kind of result or kind of fight you want to see at that club like
1: that. Let me let me ask you then, because this is a very interesting, um, very interesting match. Do you think that this shines more brightly on Brentford? or dims on Leicester more so? Ooh, because a lot of people uh, had Brentford finishing very close to the bottom of their table this year, given the way they played in the second half of the season.
0: That's a damn good
1: question. Um, I, I, I'm going to take I think, think it dams Leicester more. I think Brentford got this result against a faltering Leicester team. Probably.
0: I'm going to take the.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna come out of this question.
0: And just go. If it's it's both. Realistically, I, I think it's it's a credit to Brentford at the same time. But yeah, yeah, I think it I think it is just more telling than Leicester because that's you're up two nil, three points. You're out at home. You gotta lock that up. Yeah. So if you have any aspirations of doing something in the top half of the table. Yep. No bueno. Uh, moving on to probably the other the second sh- second shock result of the weekend. Um, if not maybe the first two. Because you know, Brighton picked up three points here. Uh, man U 1, Brighton 2. Uh, not the start to the Ten Hag era that you want to see as Manu Man U fan. Still a bunch of turmoil signings that the fans don't want to see.
1: It's getting ugly over there, man. Ugly would be a, a nice way of putting that. Safe word. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the uh, PG rating at this point. Um, we try to keep it PG. Around. Look, Brentford went up 2-0. Convincingly, both goals that Brentford scored were, were, were nice goals. They moved the ball extremely well. They switched the sides of the field. They played a couple long balls in behind the defense. Grant's I think big... Brentford plays Man U this coming week. That's Brighton talking. about. Sorry, Bright. Excuse me. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I'm still I'm still on Brentford. They
0: play huh? the last. <laughs> they do play. They do, play. they do host them. So, early yeah, connection for next week is already. Brentford's Yeah, going? yeah. Put <laughs> it in your
1: They got it. But um, look, we I, I did at least. I'll own up to my mistakes here. Manchester United for me last during the preseason, right? Was one of the most. They look good. You I'm
0: not going to apologize for that. They look really good.
1: You actually convinced me to take the win here when I was
0: so leaning bright. So I hate you for that. <laughs> that point, I know, like, you're not, you're not, you're not wrong in your analysis on, on what you saw.
1: Yeah. Uh, but when push comes to shove, this is a weak Manchester United team. And look, I don't want to harp on Harry Maguire. I, I don't. Like, I, I know we can do it for fucking days on end at this point. But in that second goal, he did not track back. He got beat. He didn't track back. The ball came flush across square of the the net. And that was where he needed to be and he wasn't. There's a lot of questions for Ten Hag to figure out. I mean, obviously, Ronaldo didn't start that game either, but he didn't have a massive impact in that match either. I mean, technically speaking, Manchester United didn't even score a goal. That was an own goal they got their only one from. So you're talking about a team that came in against a Brighton team that doesn't score a whole lot of goals to begin with. And then didn't put up a goal, and then let in two. Yeah, Manchester United will not make the top four this year. If Manchester United make the top six this year, I think they have to be happy with that at this rate. When all those stays, or when all those goes. After this season, gone. No, yeah, contracts. He's done. It's done. He's he's out. He's out. No, this, I, I think this he's summer. A move. This summer. Yeah, no one seems. To no, mind. it's too late. It's too late. I think it's I think it's far too late. I think that the agreement's already there that he's gonna have to stay and play. Um I think Manchester United means too much for him too much to him, regardless of the fact that, you know, he wants to go out there and win trophies, and obviously that's not really in United. That ain't Europe happening yet. here. Huh? So that ain't happening here. No. Do you think Ten Hag can do it? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Most people said when Ragnar came in. He was the inventor of the Gagan Press, right? He's the one who taught Jurgen Klopp, and he did all of this stuff, Thomas Tuchel. And he came in and nothing could change. So we're we're clearly still talking about the players, not the manager. Do you think he has enough in him to make this his own team?
0: No, I don't know. I'm not going to say for the fault of his own. Yeah. He. All right, so you take Ajax, right? An established club over in the Netherlands, typically first or second almost every year. Um, a phenomenal youth academy system. Always bring up great players. They they ship them out to. That club is well put together. Manu's in turmoil, and he's just like he. There's so much that goes beyond his job that he can't control. That is also going to impact him at the same time. I. It, it just. He's the captain of a sinking ship in the face of the media. And it's like that classic like scene where like he has like the ship's half underwater and he's sitting there just the one, one, one little pail, one little bucket and then just trying his best to get, get the water off the ship. <laughs> um, so it's unfortunate. I, 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 dude, the only person I can bring this place back is Fergie at this point. And God knows with his health. So I, I, I unfortunately don't think he's the right guy for the job anymore. I thought he really was coming into the season. Um, Again, I don't know if it's any fault of his own. I, 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 I don't think so. But the signings are going after, like they, they had Arnautovic was getting looked at. I mean, he's like 33. That's not the, that's not the guy you need. the um, Gravio from uh, Juventus. I forget where else you, where he's playing right now? PSG maybe?
1: Gravio plays for Juventus. Is, it is Juve? Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah, they're talking about um, bringing him over.
0: Yeah, like, dude, they're just, eh, not the signings, at least the right ones I would make. I don't and know. They're going to sell
1: the young, possibly.
0: I mean, they're 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 still trying to go after, <laughs> um, Ryan Strong. Did you say his name? John? Dijon. Yeah, yeah. Dude, does want to come? And you're still trying to spend like 500 a week, 500k a week on him. Like, let it go. You're like, you're like, like you're like a desperate ex trying to like still hang on to something. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Whatever. Last game of the week. Uh, West Ham nil. Man City two. Uh, me and Mike went bold just to kind of throw something out there at, at, for the fans last week. Uh, West Ham didn't live up to the hype. We thought at least a draw would happen there. But Erlen Holland showed up. He's the truth. And uh Man City's in the Premier
1: League. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what City fans wanted to see in the community shield, right? Um his movement was superb, especially in that second goal, finding the space between the lines and running behind and a great ball played in for him. I and mean, made no mistake one on one with the keeper. I mean, he even won the penalty that he scored for his first Premier League goal. So um I mean, obviously it's 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 going to be no problem for him. I st- I still think that it's going to be a battle between him and Diaz. Uh, I keep saying Diaz, him and Nunez uh, for the golden boot. But uh, I think Holland has the clear advantage here. Pep quickly made adjustments in order to be able to bring him into that team and change the style of play that was necessary. So, I mean, it's Manchester City. It's, it's the best team in all the land. It's the best team in arguably all of the world outside of the Champions League competition. But... Um, I I mean I genuinely from the bottom of my heart think this might be the closest ever team to doing the Invincible I hate to say it I, I really do because I don't like the concept of one team dominating every other team but I don't know who could beat Manchester City at this point unless it's a fluke result
0: i mean any of the top teams can do it on any given day no doubt but
1: on paper though no one can stack
0: it's a bold statement my man it's a bold statement
1: i, I think they're going to have one maybe two losses this year i don't I, I think if that if that i mean they've been doing it for how, for how many years now right 3 or 4 years now with liverpool neck and neck I, I think they took a step further in the Holland signing. Obviously, he's made an instant impact, and I don't know who's going to beat him. Understandable. Um, one, for me, he's definitely the golden boot leader, in my opinion.
0: I think he definitely takes it this year. But um, the last two years in the Bundesliga, he's basically averaged a goal game, give or take, maybe a little off that a little off that mark, a little under. He's playing in a much better system, much better team that's going to suit his style. Do you think he drops over 30? I, I, I think he does.
1: Like, legit, like, actually, I, I think 30 is too high. I, I'm willing i willing to bet on that. Mark, that's tough. I think he will be very close. I think you're talking about 28, 27, 29, somewhere around that number. But when you start hitting 30, you start talking about Louis Suarez, Liverpool numbers. And that's just absurd. Not that it's impossible for him to do. I just think for him to do that, it's going to take him healthy all year. All year.
0: That's the that, that probably my only concern. But other than that, it he's in the perfect situation.
1: Yeah. If, if he plays every, if he plays 38 games, oh yeah, he's hitting 30 goals. Cause there, you he's know, he's ball. where he scores a hat trick. He's doing, probably going to score five goals in a game eventually. Like, Yeah, no, nah,
0: I'm, I'm with, but let's head over real quick. We got our match previous to the week before we end the show. Um, let's kind of give our little take on we'll a few of them here. Uh, first off, Aston Villa Developers Everton, big toss up here after these early performances. Uh, I'm basically going to draw, I think. Yeah,
1: I – shit, I hate you. I wrote that down already. (laughs) (laughs) I see it it as a draw. I think Aston Villa are going to bounce back. I think Everton have looked much better than I thought they were going to look. So i I feel like a draw for this scenario as well.
0: Yeah, I definitely a little bit more Villa. They could definitely grab the three points, especially at home. It would be nice to result in front of their fans and just kind of step up. But, yeah, if I was taking like a draw, no bet kind of bet uh, on drafting or something like that, I would definitely take Villa. Yeah. But – um. Yeah, that one. Uh, Arsenal versus Leicester. I'm just gonna take the Arsenal win. I, I don't think Leicester comes back in shocks as they were doing last year after a shit result. Um, and Arsenal, granted, thought could have dropped more goals on like Crystal Palace. I'm not saying they controlled the entire game, but that early onslaught that they had shook. so they still didn't get like a, like a goal in the first three minutes. Um, so, if they do anything similar to that, Leicester folds pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I... this is a tough one for me and. If it goes, devil's advocate, it goes against it. my gut a little bit but I, I think I want to take a draw for this one um, obviously on paper I think Arsenal are a better team um, but Leicester still has the firepower and the ability to pull out results when they need to pull out results um, regardless of the fact that Emirates, we know Arsenal history is inconsistent regardless of the fact this is a new look team I think that this game could end up being a 1-1-2-2 match for both of these sides so I'll take the draw on this one bold bold it is um, actually, a very intriguing matchup in this
0: next one. Um, Brighton, Brighton at home versus Newcastle. Two teams where Brighton, we were worried right they didn't make any good decent signings, and they come with an opening day win at Man U. Newcastle, oil money. They have enough to break Brighton down. They do, but I don't. I, I don't think Brighton goes quietly. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take like a one-one draw here.
1: Taking the draw, I'm gonna go opposite with the Newcastle win in on this one. Um I, I think Newcastle will pull this out. Brighton got their their victory last week, and, and Newcastle, regardless of the fact that they – I think the scoreline flattered them a little bit last week. It took an absolute cracker to open the scoring before the second second goal. I think Newcastle will come out swinging a little bit harder this time around.
0: I think they do. I just think Brighton weathers the storm, and they just – they Grand Potter does his Grand Potter thing, and just – they just they pull it out like they always freaking do. Yeah. Man City is Bournemouth. Bournemouth. I think the magic runs out here, unfortunately for them, especially going way to man city. They've been playing a low block the entire time, ten guys behind the ball. Or they come out firing and Man City drops a five piece on them. Um if you're talking about a five goal game for Holland, here it is. Yep. Uh Southampton versus Leeds. Give me a Leeds W here. Um I loved, loved, love the way they played. I can't tell I can't talk enough about them right now. Um they are, like I said, they're not a dark horse, and I guess necessarily I don't think they're going into Europe by any means, but I like the way they look.
1: Yeah, I want you. Wolves versus Fulham. Mm. This is this is an interesting one. This is a very interesting one. I I think Wolves come out of this though. I I think they come out not unscathed. It's going to be a tough fought match, but I think they do just enough to pull out the W. They didn't look
0: bad against Leeds. I think Leeds overpowered them at certain points, and that's what got yes. them. Out. Can Fulham pull it off again? Though he, like, it's not the first week of the season. You're not playing at home. It, the hype isn't as as high. It could definitely be a letdown spot. Yeah, I'll take Wolves three points there. I think they just the Premier League bully limit. bullying them into like you, their typical one nil type style. Yeah. Uh, prime time game of the weekend on Saturday at least. Brentford versus Brentford
1: versus Man U. My gut says draw, but I'll take United this time around. I don't
0: wanna let you talk me into that shit again. <laughs> My gut says draw, so I'm taking draw. Alright. It it just listen, Brentford's at home first time all season. We saw what happened last year against against Arsenal. They're coming off a very, very nice high. Man you look poopy. So poopy. I uh in Forest hosting West Ham. Not Ham's first home game in the Premier League in God knows how long. I don't have the years in front of me. You think there? are any, you think there can be any magic in this one? Like we saw the last two teams with a draw with a Fulham draw and a Bournemouth win?
1: No. For look, West Ham United came up against the best team in the world in Manchester City, like we said earlier. Um and they still gave them a good game. There were still spells of possession for them and, and, and decent chances. Um, so I, I think West Ham Regardless of the result, didn't look bad in the slightest. I think he just got pitted up against the best team in the world again, um, and Nottingham Forest. Unfortunately, no offense to them, or not Manchester City. I think they 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 pull this out.
0: Yeah, I have, uh, everything leads like obviously just to a a, a West Ham like two nil victory, like relatively pretty easily right here. I just I love that first home game of the year for a newly promoted team. The hype, the exi- the anticipation, like the anxiety, like going into it. I feel like they feed off that. I really do. You think it's going to be uh, West Ham didn't create a lot last weekend, though. That's that's what worried me a little bit. Yeah, but it's City. Had a point. I know I understand that, but dude, I, the last three times they played City at home, they drew with them each time, and they looked really, really well doing it. They only had point. Four nine expected. Point five expected goals.
1: Gut reaction, Steve. What do you got? Give me a draw. I think nine against. draw. All right, I like it. I wish you can say that about our next our next game in Chelsea versus Spurs. Obviously, the headline of the weekend. But um I think this might be a bit of a shellacking for Spurs. I think they're going to win up this. They're going to run out of here like three one winners.
0: I can't let both of us say that on the same podcast when Mike's not here.
1: Sorry, <laughs> right. he, he, let's just hope he doesn't listen. He will, so, unfortunately. But. He will. He has a long car ride still, but. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I can't. I can't do it. Give me Chelsea. Take give, it away. Give me Chelsea. Oh my god, I'm not a fan. Uh, I do. I, that's the. Uh, that's the worst I've ever felt predicting Chelsea win in my entire life. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> like that felt crappy to do. Um. Last but not least, Liverpool versus Palace. I think Palace has a really bad start of the season, unfortunately for them. Um, and Liverpool's going to... Like Liverpool mad, mad.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think they bounce. Not what I want to deal with right now. No, not at Anfield, especially.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna take a Liverpool three points here. Um, just unfortunate for Vieira. They're coming off a, a game where I think they they felt they probably got more from. And Liverpool is coming off a game they definitely should have got more from. And just a bad snowy all around. First game, of Anfield this year. Yep. It's unfortunate. Taking the pool. So. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. They give me all three or four. So, I mean, that pretty much wraps it up for the most part, man. Anything else you really want to touch upon before um, we exit out of here?
1: Nah, no, man. I think about it. does it.
0: Cool, cool. Well, I'll do it for this episode of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. Like, comment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Also, follow us on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod. for the tweets about the show, the Premier League, World Football, the Champions League, United States Men's national team. I'm your host, Steve, with Vito signing you off. You almost some Mike, Vito? <laughs> I almost did. I almost did, yes. Later, guys. Have a go.